Welcome to Savage. I'm your host, Kelsey Kenry, CEO, wife, and mom of three. This is where you find the aligned strategy and mindset shifts to unleash your power, unlock your freedom, and step into your full potential as a CEO. Every episode is full of tough love and hard truths with a side of tactical guidance to expand your success. You ready? Let's do the damn thing. going to let everybody kind of come in here and then I'll get into like how this is going to go and what it looks like and all the fun things. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and get started. And then if people trickle in, more people trickle in. Cool. If not, that's cool too. So the way that we're going to do this is it's going to be a little bit different from the in-person. So if you've been to the in-person, it's super, super fun. Yeah. Just copy and pasted that shit right from DMs. <laughs> I knew, I knew that I knew that that was coming. I knew that that was coming. Okay, cool. So I'll start with this one. And you guys, if anything, maybe we're talking about something else and another question comes up, the chat is always open. So just pop stuff over there and um, I'll do my best to make sure that, that we get to everything. So I love this question. The idea of, you know, earning more and working less is like, doesn't make sense for a lot of reasons in our brain. Number one, we have like the conditioning of, okay, we have to work more to earn more. We are used to trading time for money, right? And so the idea of using this example, working less than 30 hours a week, if you haven't hit the consistent 10K a month mark and expect to get there anytime soon, or is it kind of expected that you're going to have to hustle and overwork yourself a bit and then you can dial back? I want to believe it doesn't have to be that way, but it seems like all entrepreneurs hit their goals, work super long hours at first. I think the truth here is, is that most people, yes, most people, there is a period in which there is some hustle. So there's two things I think that are important to address here. Number one, it doesn't have to be that way. And number two, we don't have to make hustle bad. Because here's the reality is that there are times to push and there are times to pull back. And if you think about it, I'm sure that you guys have heard me use like training references before. If we think of it like interval training, right? Like you push and then there's a break and then you push and then there's a break. But it's really about what you're doing in the break. So like if I'm running and I'm like running with my ego and I'm like, I don't need to, I don't need to walk this break. And then like, I'll have two intervals and I'm like, fuck, now I can't run the third interval because I didn't take the break. Right. So when it comes to hustle and like that built in mentality of like, this is what you need to do to get to where you want to go in the beginning and the building stages of a business. I don't think that it's always true, but I do think that if we release like making hustle wrong that it can feel a little bit lighter. So when it comes to like strategically, then we think about like the boundaries that we're putting in place, right? We are business owners and CEOs. That means your calendar is yours. And as simple as it may sound, this is where a lot of people get tripped up is they're opening their calendars because they need they, they need to take in anything that they can, especially in the beginning stages, because we have that mindset of, well, I'm just starting. Therefore I need to take anything and everything that I can to build testimonials, to build, you know, 
create good client experiences, all of those things. With that being said, there is something beautiful about thinking, you know, where you start can also really play a role in where you finish. Meaning that if you start your business and if you choose in the beginning stages of business to have really good boundaries, it's going to be easier for you in the long term because the majority of the women that I work with were undoing. We're having to pull back. We're having to reduce the hours. We're having to uncomfortably lean into what does space actually look like? And so I think strategically, you can have less availability on your calendar. And the way that you do this while actually earning that income in the building stages is that you make sure that the moves that you're making and the actions that you're taking are actually rippling into something else. Do they connect with the higher goal, with the higher picture? Because that's what we get lost in is that we're, we're filling our days with busy work, but we're not thinking about how does that busy work actually lead to whatever the bigger goal is. And so this is where thinking about, and obviously this is kind of like, I think of like growth as like up and then straight and up and then straight. It's definitely not linear, but it's like, okay, I'm going to rise up a little bit. Okay. I'm to this point. I need some, some sort of support. Is that support in my house? Is that support in my business? Okay. A little bit of sport. Now I can go a little bit farther. So delegation and hiring and building your team is really, really important at a certain point. And it's like, it's hard to pull that trigger. If you're like, okay, you're, you're at maybe like 5k months. They're like, okay, well, it doesn't really make sense for me to hire somebody, but it's like, actually it does. Because if you hire somebody that's like a VA or an OBM that can take a lot of tasks, then you get to not only be in your zone of genius and in the right energy, but also you freed up a lot of time in your calendar. So I know that was like a very kind of all over the place answer, but I think kind of just to recap, I think that yes, it is possible in the building stages of business. I think it's about you getting really, really clear on what are like the needle movers, what are the things that are of utmost importance. If you are in the stage of growing, because I think there's building and there's growing and then there's scaling. So if you're in the stage of growing, building is just all about your foundation. Growing and in this stage is where you're going to be rising, like the 10K, 20K plus months area. Then you're really in that in that place. I think that one of the most important things you could do is being in rooms like this, collaborating, connecting, and reach. Reach is the most important thing. Getting yourself as visible to as many people as possible. One of the things that people are often frustrated about, I talked to someone in, in this room about this yesterday, is when you put yourself in one tunnel, right? There are multiple platforms. And let's not forget, you guys, there is a whole world and community that you live in. Is there something that you can provide in your local community for the people there that, that showcases your expertise? Because I think that a lot of that in the time that we live in, because social media is so easy, it's at your fingertips, right? But then there's more that's like, okay, now we've isolated ourselves. Now we're living in this, in this tunnel vision, which is the reason why I created CEO Power Hour, the in-person one to where I was like, I, I just want to like be in the room with other women, you know? So I think that that's really important to think about too, is like just getting yourself as visible as possible 
and trusting that like, that's going to come back to you. It may not be like from that specific person, but maybe you're in that room and that person hears it. It's like in the power of one, of one person that's listening to that podcast that you're on, of one person that's in somebody that's a, that's a different, um, or the same overlap of, um, audience and ideal clients, right? This is another conversation is a lot of people have been taught not to collaborate with people that are in the same industry. That's stupid to me because that shows me that's scarcity. The reality is that the more that we collaborate, the more we trust people to choose the person to guide them that is most aligned with them. Like, you know, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense if you start to just put yourself in like a pinhole, right? Like you can have your hands and in, in many things and you can have your business and your visibility in a lot of things. Good. Does anybody have anything they want to add? Are there any additional questions surrounding that? Okay. Beautiful. If anything comes up, um, just pop it over in the chat about to launch a course while still offering one-on-one. How long should I advertise the course? Like one month, two, et cetera. Are you asking how long to have like your doors open for the launch? Give me a little more insight there. Yeah. So I was like, I should have specified this. So basically what I'm doing, because recently for all my lead magnets, like I'll just say, oh, I made this video about blank. And then I don't actually have the video made. And then once enough people are like, yes, I want this video, then I'll make it and mail it out to get leads. So I'm going to kind of do the same thing with a course where it's like, hey, I'm making this course and I'll do the title. And then if it resonates with people and I want like five to six people to sign up, then I'll actually like make the course. So it's like, how long do I like advertise for it on social media and wait for five to six people to respond before I'm like, "Mm, five to six people don't want this. Let me try something new. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's interesting. I've never heard of the process of like not making it until there's interest. You know, I think that like with offer creation in general, I always think there's a good balance. Like if you meet yourself in the middle with like, you know, doing, I think that market research is relevant, but it's also not like you want to make sure you're creating something that makes sense. Like you're obviously, you're not going to put out a video that's like how to paint your nails or some shit like that doesn't make sense. Right. But like you already have an audience of people that follow you for what you do. So I don't, to me on the energetic side of things, it feels very standoffish. It feels like you don't trust that people want to buy from you. And so I just want to reflect that back to you. If there's anything there, just as far as that process goes, because at the end of the day, when it comes to selling anything, like you got to be sold on it first. And for me personally, it would be really, really hard for me to come forward and say, Hey, I have this thing and I built it for you. And to talk about it, if it doesn't exist, Mm -hmm. or if I don't know exactly what's going to be in it yet. So I don't Mm -hmm. know if there's any wiggle room in the actual process there that you could take a look at. Put in the chat to do like a waitlist strategy. So that's, I think probably what I'll lean toward. And I might just advertise because one of the courses I'm going to advertise, I have all the videos. I just haven't like assembled them together in a good course format. So I might like play with that, see if people want it. And then if I don't, I can just make the second option that I'm thinking about doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I I agree with Caitlin. You could totally do 
a wait list is nice because a wait list, you don't have to have the full details of everything. I just think the most important thing is you removing the energy of, I'm only going to create this if X amount of people say they want it because that just, you got to honor your heart's desire. Like if there's, if you're getting a certain, there's a, again, that meeting in the middle of like a certain amount of people are asking for this. This is a recurring question that I'm getting. This is something that I'm continuing to walk people through and, Mm -hmm. you know, designing that with meeting yourself of like, I love talking about this. I love teaching on this. And that's kind of how you're going to create something that's going to be more optimal. As far as like how long to keep that open, it's up to you. You know, I think that all of us have launched something and we felt like too much pressure from it. We've, we've launched something and it's not felt good. So a lot of it's just going to be like experimentation for you about like, just put it out there and remember that when you launch, like you're still the CEO. So like you can extend the launch, you can pull the launch, you can throw away your whole 2022 strategy. Like I did. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. So like, I have another thought on that too. Like, I mean, I've launched stuff that's not sold like, you know, at all, but like going through the launch creation process and using that in another way to be able to repurpose things. So for example, like I have a course that doesn't sell like passively extremely, like it doesn't sell extremely well, even when I launch it. But I know it's so needed. Like, I know I'm just constantly then tweaking my messaging to be like, okay, what's the right answer and where's that going to fit? So now I'm creating like a funnel basically on the back end to funnel people to prepare them for that offer. Because what I'm finding is like, okay, maybe people just aren't ready for that investment yet. Maybe I need to warm them up a little bit more along the way to be ready for that. So I know that it's a necessary and needed thing that pe- that my audience also asked for. But I'm like, okay, where's the messaging not landing then on my end? Like if that's something that people do ask me for in a different way, right? Like they're asking specific questions around like, how to create a launch strategy and how to create a launch template. But yet then when I'm giving them that as an offer and there's not a purchase there, I'm like, okay, well, where are they landing? Like, where is the issue in the communication or where are they just not ready for that level of an investment yet? Like, what's that look like? So I'm not, I know the offer is valuable in what I'm producing, but I'm just trying to figure out then like what needs to happen in order for delivery to get them in you know, bought into that? Is it that, that maybe they need to know who I am better? Is that they maybe need to go through a masterclass to see me in action? Like what's that look like? So I've decided as the expert that like, that's what's needed based on what I'm seeing in the field and the industry. And that's why I created it. So I'm not going to basically I've decided that that's like not failure is not an option in that regard. It's just how is that delivery going to start to spark sales and what's that look like? Is it a messaging issue or is it just a audience delivery issue? So I don't know if that was helpful or more confusing, but that's what I found in the one offer that I hasn't like exploded. Like I thought it would. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you can create different, different offers and stuff from it and different mm-hmm. you can use it the the all the everything that you put together everything you do isn't lost yeah i'm testing it out in different ways or pulling different pieces like for example there's templates in it like can i just package out the templates and sell that for like $99 or $57 yeah. or whatever right so like what are the things that i created that i can then reuse yeah i think that that's a really really good idea cuz all of us in here have done like a course or something that's like 
multiple pieces. And so selling the pieces individually or offering one of the pieces and then selling the second piece with it or something like that. There's like, and that's where we get like to play with our businesses and kind of just remind ourselves like, oh, I can do this. Like, this isn't, I can, I can cut the price. I can double the price. I can sell half of this. Like we get to do that. So I love that perspective, Caitlin. Thanks for that. Yes. Thank you. General feelings of frustration, sadness, or anxiety with needing and wanting my business to grow faster. I had expectations that my business would be a bit more established by now. I'm definitely trying hard, but when I meet with a potential client and it doesn't pan out, it's just really hard. I both want and need more income and also want my client base to grow. This is like the most valid feeling that like all of us have felt this at some point, you know, to where it's like, why is it not happening the way that I want it to? Why is it not happening at the pace that I want it to? Why do I keep ending up in this same space? Whatever it is. So I think, you know, and obviously for you specifically, I know having worked with you so much of the the back end of your business and stuff. And I think it goes back almost to the what I just said in response to Elena that it is more about visibility and it is more about branching out at this point. I think that, you know, the beginning stages, it's like if you put yourself in any one room, right? And this is not to say that like we're limited because there's, you know, an abundance of people on social media and abundance is a thing, but just roll with me here. So you're in this room, you're in this one room, right? And like, you're, you're putting out the messages and you're saying all the things and the people come in that are in that room and they connect with you. And then there's other people in the room that are just like, oh, I just like this about you. Or I just like all the people that just follow me for my kids. Like, wonderful, amazing. So I think now it's like, it's almost like, have we met whatever the limit is in the room that we're in? How can we put ourselves into other rooms for other people to see? The most important thing here is the recognition that anytime something, the the growth isn't happening at the pace that we want, it's not about us. It's not about that your coaching is not good enough, that your offer is not good. It's never, never that. There's always some sort of internal shifting that needs to happen and then pieces that we can shift externally. You know, the pieces externally are the strategy that we can look at, the, the funnels that we have set up. And Sarah, you're doing so much of this stuff now that like we set in motion that it's like, it, it's hard to say at this point, because some of that is so new, like what's actually going to come from it, you know, with the quiz and everything. So this really cool quiz just to, to find out if you have a healthy relationship with your body. I'm like, that's such a cool thing because it's like a lot of people don't really know what that is. So um, small plug for your, for your quiz there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really, really cool thing. So I think that if you have a good lead magnet in place, if you have, you know, good opportunities, and that's the thing is like continually opening the door for people to come into relationship with you. And I think for, there's so many, there's four or five of you that are in like the body nutrition, like that's like different territory for us as women. There's a lot of shame around that. There's a lot of judgment. And so I think that like, it's a little bit almost harder for you guys on social media because people are less likely to come forward. Like with, you know, with Elena, it's like, they're talking about binging, like nobody wants to admit that they're doing that. So I think that 
just being aware of that, not that it's harder for you and not carrying that belief around it, but just making your strategy around that to make sure that probably in your messaging for all of you that are in the, the, the fitness space to keep showing that like, this is a safe space. Like there is no judgment here. There is no shame from here. Talking, telling your stories about how you've risen from shame and how you, you know, you felt judgment. And it's really, really powerful um, for y'all specifically. But, you know, back to like the pace thing is that the thing about pace is that you're putting pressure on time and that's self-imposed pressure. And so it's what I say time and time again about anytime we reach a goal and you get there, you're like, hell yeah, I'm here. You're never like, it took me way too long to get here. This sucks. So just remembering that, that anytime you're feeling pressure in your business, always identify like what is self-imposed and then strategically just make sure that like you have opportunities for people to come in. If we are focusing solely on, I'm getting all of my clients from DMs on Instagram, that feels hard. If you're like, people can come to me through Pinterest, through LinkedIn, through Instagram, through Facebook, through in-person networking, like I'm telling you guys, people right now are wanting, like all of us in this room, people right now are wanting to be with other people. Like we've been in our houses for like 14 years at this point. Like we just want to be with other people. This is why like retreats are really like important right now. So how can you get into your local community? How can you make connections? Can you go teach? We've all done this online. How can you bring what you've done online offline? How can you bring, can you go teach a masterclass that you've taught online? Can you go to a local community center and teach that? Can you go teach it at your library? Like there's so many possibilities. It's just about like sitting back, like sit back, come off the app and think, okay, I'm really good at what I do. I help this kind of people. There are people in this, in your community and within a five mile radius that need you. Like a wonderful example of this is one of my private clients. She has a, a, a multi-million dollar business. Literally doesn't even go on Instagram. Her business Instagram even has like 200 followers. So it's just a good reminder to like get back in the rooms with people, get back in your local community, like a little bit old school, bring some of that back. And the more that you can release that, that pressure of time and trust that like you have multiple avenues for people to come in to work with you and come into relationship with you and have a conversation with you. Like you just never know how things could turn up. So that would be, that would be what I, what I really suggest. Like, this is why like networking events were made because people love to connect with other people. And it's so cool to just be a person and be like, Hey, like, Lauren this morning from like, okay, I think a VA is your next hire in your business. Let me send you my VA's information. Like have building, building contacts to where if you can't help somebody, you have somebody that can help somebody is really, really cool. Is that helpful? Do you have any follow-up questions or thoughts? I don't know. I have lots of emotions. <laughs> just a little bit like on the verge of tears the past couple of days. It just gets really hard. I'm sure all of you know that, you know, this is my livelihood and it's not quite a living amount of money yet. And it's just a hard time for me financially. And that always puts a lot of pressure on 
those input, like those conversations I have. And so when they don't pan out and I put a lot into that, I'm usually offering like an hour's free of work to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, no, it's just hard. (laughs) It's like, fuck, it took me weeks to get to that conversation. And then it led nowhere. So it's just, I'm just in my feelings, you know, it's just hard. Yeah. And just that resonates with me, you know, just so you know, you're not alone on Monday. I cried for an hour, like same same thing. Like, look, like in detail, looking at the numbers, like I, this is not going to work. You know, do I go back and get a a real regular job or yeah. So you're not alone. I also wanted to add, like, so I mentioned, you know, I've only been in online world business for 10 months and I had a lot of life things going on, like spouse losing a job. I have a 17-month-year-old baby, like all the things. And when I first started, I put an insane amount of pressure on myself. And especially I do sales calls, right? Like I, I actually now enjoy them. I look at them very differently. Like I'm getting to know the person. But, you know, I would go in and I'd say, great, this is an hour, right? This is an hour of my time. I'm not making anything unless they join and sign up. And so two things that I feel like I've learned if I was to talk to like the 10 months ago me, one is like, how am I going into that? Like, what is my mindset going into that? And like literally every time, like, yes, it it was, I needed that money. Like, I, I can't say that I didn't, right? But if I use some of my self-talk strategies and try to reframe things and even just go in, like, I'm, I'm here to help this person. Like, I'm here, like, I, I'm going to do the best that I absolutely can and really have to work on me and my mindset going into those calls. And then the other thing was, like, I am a firm believer that, like, I'm going to do and do and do. And I've said this to Kelsey, like, I actually don't love the fact that my thing is, like, mastery and you kind of have to fall on your face a couple of times. I actually like hate it. So I'm like, no, I want to do it. I want to, <laughs> yeah, I want it to be perfect. And I don't want to have to do it 10 million times, but I realize like how important it is. Like, and I say this to my clients, right? Like, I'm like, try this, try that. You're never going to know until you try. It's okay. There's no failure, just learning. And what I noticed is There was things that I could fix, that I could tweak in those sales calls, right? I decided I was going to record every single one. And I just had like a trusted person, happened to be my my younger brother, who's really good at sales, but he's also an amazing human being. And he knows me. And he's like, "You, you didn't challenge them. You didn't listen enough. Like, what'd you think about this? Even when I didn't do it with him, just listening back for myself I was like, wow, Lauren, implement this one little thing on the next one. And I I learned so much. Yeah. Can I say something really quick too? Yeah, of course. I also used to record my sales calls, although I don't do sales calls anymore right now, but I go back and forth sometimes and that was very helpful. So I agree, Lauren. I think that was really helpful. And yeah, I've definitely been in the place and still am in the place, you know, depending on the month where I'm like, oof, like we got to make it through this month. Let's really hope something, something happens monetarily and I'll make it through. So it's definitely a stressful life to be living. But I know like before the pandemic hit, I wrote this in the chat, but I just wanted to say it. I was like, I literally went to a bar and I applied for a job as a bartender. I got the job because I was like, money is running out. And like, I don't know what's going to happen this next, this next month if I don't make money. So I was like, whatever, I, I need this business to happen. So I'll get a side job if I need to. 
And then the pandemic hit. So like I got the job, the pandemic hit, everything closed down. I was like, okay. And then there was like more of a, I got, I got some progress in my business and things kind of got to a place where I could, I could continue. And then since then it's been dicey, but it has like slowly, slowly improved. So I feel with entrepreneurship, I have this, there's one part of me that wants to quit sometimes, but then there's the other part of me that knows I will never, ever quit. And like, if I have to get a job, like, I don't care what it is. If I'm going to run out of money and I have to get whatever, like, you know, uh, embarrassing or however I feel about the job, I will do it with, you know, some obviously values in place to not go to do crazy. But like, I will do that because I feel like if we do not give up and we just keep going, keep going, keep going, like you will, you will get there. It's, it's inevitable. You just don't give up. And I feel like just tapping into like being resourceful in whatever you can possibly do. I, I just feel like that there's power in that as well. But I mean, I struggle with this every single month, so I'm no authority on it at all. Yeah, it's good. It's good to, to, and that's the thing is all of us have felt that where we want to burn everything to the ground. But I think the key is like not questioning. And I, I've always said, I'm like, I'll work at Target for the discount if that's what it takes to, to make this work. I'm, I have, there is no, no, no shame around any sort of job that, that allows you to do what you're meant to do. But I really think that there's so much power when we just open our eyes to like other rooms that we can put ourselves in to really showcase what we're able to do. I think energetics too are everything. Like I think how you choose to show up for that call. Like I would like get so nervous before I would get on calls with people that I like blared music right before that call. And like, I had like a hype song that I used to play before every basketball game in high school that I literally still to this day play before I need any sort of like energetic magic because it just like hypes me up so much. And then I go into that call one with like energy already high and I feel like I'm like so excited to like talk to somebody then. And then I focus on, on whether it's on my stories, on my Instagram, on a sales call on whatever, like delivering massive value. Because I think some people can get in the mindset of like over delivering Oh, then why are they going to want to hire me if I solve all their problems in one swoop? Mm-hmm. But I actually think it's the alternative. If you can like go in there and even solve a problem or the belief of a problem that they had, then they're going to be like, wow, like she helped me in like literally 30 minutes. Like, how, how can I work with her more? Like, what is she, what else can she do for me? So that's always been my approach is like delivering massive value to people to then, um, and being highly energetic when I connect with them so that they feel that energy from me. They want to work with me and they feel like, okay, she's helped me do that in this quick call. Like I'm going to hire her. And my, my close rates are like, probably 85 to 95%. Like I very rarely get on the call and don't close someone, but that didn't happen overnight. I like had to shift all of that into that energy. So that would just be my thoughts and suggestions too. But like, I'm like all of like, I want to work with somebody because of like the vibes of who they are um, and what they're, what energy they put off. Cause I like you all said, like want to be in a room with them. Like I want to learn yeah. from them. Yeah. Such a good point. Yeah. And I mean, I know enough about you where I think that I don't, I think that that's not, I don't think the energy of the need is, is, I don't think that's a huge issue for you, but it could be showing up. And another thought that I just had just kind of strategically is you could be more forthcoming with your prices as far as like right up front 
And like a lot of the stuff that we think is going to filter people out is serves us because it's like, okay, well, do you want to get on the call and then, then be resent, then be resentful that you got on the call or do you, you know, and, and that's where you could kind of play. And you could also play with, you know, making them shorter, not doing, you know, like come in and, and and if it's like going to be something that's longer than, or just offering, I think you already have this, but like a one-off session to where it's like, yeah, we can, you know, do this in 15 minutes, or we could talk for an hour and it's this. So there's lots of room for you to play here, but I honestly, it's just for you, Sarah, it's the releasing time, not, not focusing on the need, but then also allowing yourself to, to figure out outside of what you're doing now, how else could you be supported? Like, you know, can you sell some paintings? Can you, there's other fun stuff that you can play with too. Yeah. Something. Oh, yeah. So Sarah, literally this was me like the past two months. (laughs) Kelsey knows this very well. And I thought I needed to change my strategy. I thought the strategy, and it was literally me. And I could tell you like for like as the financial aspect, like that was like really forefront of my mind because I'm closing on my house soon and I needed to have a certain amount of money. And I was so fixated on that and releasing this time of like, I have to have this certain amount. Like I kind of just let it go and it changed so much. And I know it sounds so weird. Like it doesn't sound logical. And that's why it was so hard for me, but really changing that mindset and just like letting go of the time. Like, like Kelsey was saying, yes, we have these time frames, but they may not be realistic and we can't really control that. And like, as someone with anxiety too, we want to control everything and we can't, you know, but I would say as far as like the sales call too, I changed my mindset going into those two. Like I was like, oh, well, I'm going to like, get money. Like it was all like money-based where now I'm just like, these are literally impact calls. That's what I call them now is their impact calls. And I'm going to show up and I'm going to give them as much value as I can. And they, they hear my energy and they're like, Oh my God, like screaming, like I'm screaming and like, I have to work with you. And like that shift, everybody's screaming. Yeah. Literally everyone's screaming. And that shift like changed everything for me. And like, I've learned that the past like couple of months, it really, I just got away from myself and it was showing up in all areas and, you know, life happens. But I think like when you do show your true authentic self, like the people that want to work with you are going to come. And I'm, I'm really starting to like believe and trust that. And I know it's so hard, like I said, especially like with anxiety and all of that stuff and all this pressure, it can be so hard to like let go, but I was literally holding myself back. So, I mean, that's the only thing that you can do, but like, I feel you so much. I cry like all the time too. So it's like, you know, this Kelsey knows she's like, she deals with my emotional highs and lows like every day. Like it, it's multiple times a day, but like never giving up and just knowing you're doing all the things and you're incredible. So I love you. <laughs> now I'm going to cry. No, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I really appreciate it. It's hard. Yeah. Cause like, I do feel like, I actually feel like I really have great sales calls. So I'm like, I'm not sure why. <laughs> Cause I do. I like, I, the comments I get afterwards are like, people are like, I love you. That was amazing. Thank you so much. I love following you. I don't want to work with you or like, it's too much money. And it's like devastating. I'm like, I'm almost like people, you can't just follow me for free. Or like, it makes, that's so much work. Mainstream is so much work. And they're like, I'm just going to follow you. I'm like, that's not the same as working with me. So yeah, I I hear all you're saying. I mean, obviously there's things I can shift, but I feel like I've really shifted. I mean, my business is almost two years old. And so like, it's just hard. (laughs) um, I feel like I've really shifted the way I've done those sales calls so far. And they're still kind of getting to the same place. And I know what I do is a big investment. So I I, I agree with you, Kelsey, maybe opening up with the price up front. I'm also trying to be a lot more flexible about like, 
we can make things work. Not like I'm reducing my money, but I'm reducing the work I do. So if they need less money, I do less work kind of thing. So trying to figure it out, but yeah, I I appreciate all everyone. I really appreciate everything everybody said. Do you have a pre-call form before? Like did they hop on the call with you? Like, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. That's a good idea. Like, I think that could one defer people from like. So what I do with another client too is that we have an interest form, but like then the question is: there's are you ready to spend, you know, five thousand dollars in your business, and are you willing to show up for yourself? If no, please fill out this interest form, and then we have like a separate interest form, so we're not losing those leads. A lot of people do fill out the form if they're not ready, and then we can either she either downsells them in like the DMs or addresses some of their fears and concerns if it is around money, and you know does voice notes with them on how to like get to know them, and and maybe there's a different offer that relates to them. But the pre call form really helps to then only she's only getting on sales calls with the people that are like you know that finances aren't the objection right so it's an easier way to combat them so if you don't have a pre-call form i think that could be useful yeah that's exactly exactly what i was gonna say so you're right on the money there caitlin i think and it's you can word it differently too like on my i switched my application around so now the last question of my application has different um options for like, it says, I don't know. I think it's like, what is your budget for mentorship or something like that? And it's like ranges. So depending on the range that they fall into would be like, which could they come one-on-one? Would it be a group program? So you could do something like that too, since you have, you know, a good product suite that, that you've done really well with to where it's like, again, it's like, we have to let go of like the fear of, okay, well, they're going to see how much it is to work with me and they're not going to do the call. And it's like, well, that's the same person that you're going to spend an hour with. And they're going to be like, Oh, I'll follow you on Instagram. It's like, fuck, I don't want that. (laughs) So having some, having some sort of pre-qualifier, I think would be really, really valuable for you because I can feel there's a little bit of resentment there and we don't want to carry that on. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. All right. So let me just scroll through the chat here. Does anybody else have any, I was going to ask you guys, does anybody else want to speak to like when you've been in kind of like the gap in your business and kind of needing, like actually needing some money to, to, to support what's your lifestyle, whatever it is. I know for, for me and, and I've, but I want to see if you guys have any other insights about kind of like filling that gap I think that like doing one-off sessions or, you know, some sort of like intensive offer is usually good. Is there any other ideas that you guys have or that you've um, used in your businesses to just kind of like when you're in a squish? Uh, This is like a, uh, I don't know if it's a, it's not a quick way necessarily to make money in a way, but I, if I'm ever finding myself with that lack mentality, I go to my clients and ask for referrals if I'm in need of like work because maybe I did it like three months ago, or maybe they've referred somebody to me in the past, but like just reminding myself and actively asking them because they're your biggest cheerleaders and your fans. Right. So I'll just be like, Hey, like I have an opening for, you know, a client, whatever it is, or, you know, I'm, Hey, I'm, I'm taking on some new clients. If you have anybody you can send my way or anybody you can think of, like, I would really love to start with somebody in April. Right. And that way they can like kind of think through that. So it's not necessarily a quick way to make money, but it's, I always go back to my network and my network typically serves me well with some sort of referral or direction. So that's helped me in the past. 
Yeah. And testimonials too, just like having some sort of strategy behind, like making sure that you're consistently posting testimonials is powerful too. That's, I think that's, I think when we were talking the other day, I'm like, here's my testimonial highlight. Like, I'll just let you like hear other people's words. It's easier than tooting my own horn. I would love to give my two cents. Um, Yeah. I guess for me, I've been an entrepreneur now for over a decade and a half. Um, in the salon industry and helping other people, you know, with their salons and stuff like that. So coming into the online space and becoming a coach, especially business coach, it's so easy to just say, I'm going to make one offer, right? And just sell that. Um, one thing that I've seen that has helped me and help is helping my clients is, we make more offers, right? So instead of just having one offer, I I choose to have more offers so that like I think Kelsey was saying, when you have your your questionnaire on the on the call form, they can choose how much in the ranges they are willing to spend, right? And you can be like, okay, this falls into this, you know, service and this one into that one. So it's like even some of my clients that I off-boarded last two months, some of them are now in the other, you know, program that I'm doing, which is for their level, right? So it's like, I I really just um, say bye to people. It's like, okay, we're off-boarding you, but you, you're still going on to another, you know, um, program with me on another level. It's like, it's either you, you, going down or you're going up. So it's it's really about having more offers. And I've seen that that's really helpful for me. So just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. Yeah. Having a good product suite and making sure people, there's a client journey for people to move up and down, I think is really, really important. Yeah. Very good. Good, good point. Yeah. That just made me think of like that period when I was about to get a job as a bartender right before the pandemic hit and uh, have like a second job. It was the the shift at that time. I was trying to like sell a bigger package of like, you know, whatever, three months program or something like that. And I instead was like, okay, this is not for whatever reason I keep, I'm doing all the work on sales and marketing. It's not happening. I don't know what's happening. So I downgraded to like a three session bundle. And then that's when things started to like that lower ticket offer. I wasn't changing like my rate per hour, like just, and it's like similar to the one-off sessions, but just to highlight that. I think that if I look at like trends in my business, that helped me a lot with like building momentum and getting a little bit more money. And then also getting more like just clients, working with clients, getting experience, getting testimonials. And then those people often like would renew with me. So I think that I feel like that is very helpful. I think sometimes just like everyone saying, having different offers or having sort of lower ticket offers that are still the same rate, but just smaller packages, I think helps like warm people up. So just wanted to echo that. Yeah. And not being afraid to be flexible with people to where it's like, if you do a call and you really enjoy each other and they're like, this is just too much, you know, you could, you could say, okay, well, why don't we do one call a month for this? Or what let's do like three calls or something like that. Because I think at the end of the day, it can serve both parties to where it's like, okay, well, I have this like need for income. I have this desire for coaching. And also like you have the desire to, to work with me. So it's really a win-win when you can meet people in the middle. And I think this is where, 
especially in coaching, it's gotten a little messy because people are like boundaries and these are my offers and this is my product suite. And yes, we need to have that in place, but like making sure, like Precious said, we're varying our product suite to, to where people can come in at different levels, different prices, different budgets, and also just being willing to work with people, especially at the end of the day, we're the boss. So like, if you really love someone, there's nothing wrong with going and saying, oh, so, okay, so what is it? What, what would you be willing to spend on this? Letting them give you an answer and being like, okay, for that, I can do this or stretching them just beyond that. I think it's, it's, that's kind of frowned upon because people have become so rigid, but at the end of the day, like we're here, we're service providers. And if we show up and if we have desire as, as heart driven leaders to make an impact, we can still do that without sacrificing ourselves. One thing that has helped me, I know that um, not everyone is a Christian, but also when I say doing business by faith, I really mean doing business by faith. You know, it's all good. And what I've seen in my life and in my business, I can put all the work, I can do all the things. And if if I'm really not in tune with what God is saying in my life at this season, of my life, then things just don't go as they should. And once I take a step back and, and be like, okay, what is the, what are you trying to say to me? What, what should I learn from this? Or what, I, what, what direction are you taking me to? And I always somehow find the answer and things just like last year for me was so dry. It's not even funny. I was working with a coach. Now I'm going off board, but I was working with a coach, but we were not aligned. And it was like, things were just, because he was, she was telling me not to talk about my faith and stuff like that. I was like, this is not who I am. And I think it's like, you know, when you are doing things that are not in alignment with who you really are at your core, even, even people won't be aligned with you. Like people won't come to you and just say, I want to work with you, no matter how much you know, sales you're doing, sales calls, you know, people could literally be loving you, but that block is still there. So just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. Regardless of, of what you believe, just being connected with source, universe, God, whatever you choose is important because that's, it's a reflection of our connection with ourselves too. How do you give yourself permission to expand and explore when you feel that others and yourself expect you to give your main moneymaker a hundred percent. It's a really good question because there's a lot of times, actually, this is a really good segue based on, because there's a lack of, um, there's a lack of alignment, right. To where it's like, this is the thing that's making money, but this is not the thing that I love. And I think that like giving yourself permission is that's fully based in trust. Because if you trust that the thing that you love can also be your moneymaker, then you're less likely to rub up against that resistance of making that move. I think really the answer here is you just getting clarity on like the things that you really do love and the things that you want to monetize and then trusting that like the thing that's making you money now, those things can also be that. And also there is nothing to say, like we can have, we, sh- we should all have like multiple revenue streams, right? Multiple businesses, like that's, that's smart of us. So 
just because something is your moneymaker doesn't mean it needs to be where all of your time is. And just because something is not making you money yet doesn't mean it can't be like your labor of love. And that just comes like with undoing our conditioning of this is where our focus should be. So I think a lot of it is, is in that for you, it's just understanding like, of course, this is what I've been pushed to focus on. This is what I've been told. This is the thing that, make, that makes you money. It's like, all of our like parents or the generations before us, if we were ever going to say like, oh, I'm going to quit my job that I'm making six figures at to go like start my, they'd be like, are you crazy? Like there's a lot of that, like lack of support surrounding that. And so we get to go first and we get to, for our children and for the people surrounding us be leaders. And that like, I believe that I can be fulfilled and do what I love and make a lot of money doing it. It can be both. And so it's sometimes it's just believing that in yourself and trusting that it can be both. Does that answer your question? Is that helpful? You have any follow-up thoughts? It all goes back to clarity. When you said it, I smiled because I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. But it, it is hard because I think a lot of the old conditioning comes back to like what you said, depending on how you grew up, there is an expectation, right? Of and I think a lot of us were, were pretty much all entrepreneurs, right? And maybe this is your main thing or maybe it's not, but you know, you probably left something that was safe and stable to something that is com- the complete opposite, right? And um, you're very vulnerable. And then of course, along our journey, we all really change you know, who we are and what we want and what's important to us, right? As, as we grow and kind of learn more about ourselves. So it is, it's almost like a I feel like we reinvent ourselves so many times through throughout our lives and along the journey. And it's, this is where, and um, Precious had said it, but I have a bracelet I wear that says um, faith over faith over fear. And it doesn't really matter what you believe in. It's like, we've got to believe that what we want and what we desire is there for us. But, oh, I posted this a couple of weeks ago, but if we don't get in the game and if we don't take that step, how serious are we? Right. So that's the whole thing that holds us back. We're just, I mean, and me, especially I'm so fearful because you work so hard to get something going and then it's there and you're like, okay, now what? Now I'm ready to get and let's go, but I'm crazy. Right. I'm crazy. Right. But it's, um, it's, I don't know that, that we work on any other speed, right. It's just fun. And we welcome, we welcome that. So yeah, that, that makes, that I helps think, a lot. Thank you. I think sometimes too, like we feel like it has to be all or nothing. Like, okay, well I do this one thing well, and then I'm going to do this next thing. I'm going to have to go all in on this really, you know, really hard, really well. Like you don't. And I think sometimes we forget that. Like that's kind of like, I can relate to that so much because like I'm an amazing OBM and I've served my clients well and I'm booked out and it's, it's great. I'm really good at what I do, but it's like also in this shift and in this season, like I want to now that I've like found this freedom and like established this amazing life and, and business and, being able to be with my son, like as much as I am in work, like 20 hours a week, like, and make amazing money doing it. It's like, I want to coach people how to do the same. Like, I really want to expand and teach into that, like coaching level. And so that's where I'm like, okay, I love what I do. And I'm really great at what I do. But in the same breath, like, I can keep doing that. And that's kind of where I'm at. And like, how do I, okay, like, I don't have to put a pause on that business. How do I grow and expand? Then how can I also do this thing? And like, for me, I think it comes down to confidence. Like, for so long, I was like, okay, I have to be an OBM for this long before I can shift my business into coaching because like, I want to establish myself as creating this multiple six-figure business and then people will want to hire me for business coaching. And like, I don't think that's necessarily true. And that's a story I've told myself. But like, 
for me, it's showing up confidently in the coaching arena, which I've, it's scary for me. Like you said, like it's having that sense over here and I have that same sign in my office, but it's like how to do that. Um, while also still doing the other thing, you know, so it's kind of both like you can't one, it can be both. And two, it's like showing up that confidence to be able to attract again, that right, that right audience. Um, so anyways, I just, those are some other thoughts I had too. Amazing. Yeah. Do you have any follow-up on that? No, I, I, it's good. I, I wrote down what you said. It is, it is a confidence around it too. Kelsey knows because I share it with her specifically. And I don't think that you might not resonate with this piece, but like I want you to think of if you were in, oh, I'll use the being an athlete and growing up. So imagine, imagine all of a sudden, and this is a little bit of a, because this is what's kind of, I feel like I'm living a double life a little bit in my head, right? So imagine you show up to practice and you have like scholarship offers and all this stuff and you say to your coach, hey, I'm thinking I'm going to add in volleyball and he's like what are you talking about like no your your thing is this you're not doing ball what are you talking about you can't be great at two things you're good at one thing focus on that perfected and that's it so that's kind of where i am right now a little bit is that i'm good at i'm good at this thing and that's great but i feel just i'm playing so small so small and there's so many things that i want and there's this umbrella one there's a huge group of people that expect me to just be tried and true to this forever because this is the thing. And I'm like, it's not the thing. It's one of the things. <laughs> I didn't hear, I didn't come here to do one thing. I came here to do a whole lot of stuff and be really, really good at a whole lot of stuff. So it's kind of like this, like it's trying to like pull me back, but I'm like, go away. Like I'm ready for more. But at the same time, I can't tell any of them that I'm ready for more because I'm not supposed to. It's, it's this interesting dynamic that I'm in, you know? So. But I just have to give myself permission. Yeah, to that's not care. supposed it's my to. Life. That's supposed to, Buffy. I think we all follow right. you. I'm supposed to do this. Supposed and to. that's what I can totally relate to. So, yeah. I mean, and the, the only thing that I can think of is I'm like, okay, well, like, if something too keeps coming up for me, then I'm like, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And then I'm like, okay, I can honor that. But then like in the same thing for like me going backwards, I thought that I'm like, I want to coach more people. I want to focus on that. But then like, I literally have had in the last month, like leads pouring in the door. Like, I mean, I've had, I've had a booked out wait list for a long time, but like, I'm like, okay, so this is a sign too. Like, how do you stop ignoring that? So the other thing that I'm actually doing after this call is I'm getting on the phone with another OBM that works in Australia and we're both trying to shift businesses more to like towards an agency model. And we're actually collaborating. We're in another mastermind together. We're collaborating together on like, okay, how can we do that? Like, how can we use our brains to do that? So like using somebody, whether it's in your same area you want to go or the area where you are to like figure out how you can optimize that better. Like, we're like, okay, how can we both do this? Like, how can we both create this? What are the boundaries we need to create with clients? What are the boundaries we need to create within our team? And using each other to be almost be like brainstorms for our own businesses to, you know, make that better for each of us. So I think that's another thing that like, one, doing stuff like this, collaborating with other women and getting ideas and feedback. But two, like somebody in your own business versus like viewing it as a competitor. I think I viewed that for so long with like other OBMs as competitors, but like, in the long run, we're all going to serve and honor different people. And so the more I collaborate with other people and generate ideas from other people in my same field, the, the more it's going to help me in the long run. Yeah, so good. So good. And, that, and something else that you said that's really, really good is, is 
such a small question, but it's something that I repeat often that it's never like, I can't do this. It's how can I? So a lot of times we carry the belief that like, I can only do, especially when we're like moms and business owners, like our hands are in a lot of things. And so it's like, we have this belief that doing one thing takes away from another thing. And so it's so interesting how that's ingrained in us. Like, oh, being a mom means you can't work as much or whatever it is. And so just addressing those things and bringing them to the surface and instead being like, how can I? Like, how can I be super present for my children and also have multiple businesses? How can I? And when you build from that place and reverse engineer, as I like to say, it's like, okay, well, this is what it looks like, this optimal scenario of having, you know, three businesses and three kids or whatever it is. It's like, here's where I want to be. I want to be there for school pickup and I only want to work two hours or whatever. And then it's like, you build with like these boundaries in place or this idea in place that you have clarity around. And then it gets easier because you're not just like, you're always going to throw stuff against the wall, but it feels like, okay, I'm, it's going to be within these parameters. And so I know that I'm building this thing, but it's not going to take away from this thing. Yes, I am. And I Mama. enjoyed every bit of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All kids are always welcome here. Okay, I'm just looking through comments and stuff here. Does anybody else have anything else they want to say or questions or anything? I think as women, we need to give ourselves the grace, right? To say, not just women, like everyone, like you are allowed to do all the things. And yes, you can do all the things. I mean, like, for me, it was very, very hard leaving my business, which I've built for six and a half years, very successful salon, and leaving that for coaching, but also because COVID came in and in the mix and was like, okay, now it cannot work. So what do I do? Just leave the thing. And, you know, now I'm back. Somebody called me the last, I think, two weeks, four, three weeks ago. And was like, I'm opening my own salon. I've seen you in your salon for for years as you were, you know, operating. And I've been a client of yours. And now I want you to help me build my salon. And I was like, okay, I haven't done that. Definitely going to do that. And, and literally, as I was talking to her, something just came up in my mind. Like, why not use this as you know, a business model and literally wrote it up. Now I have four people signed up for me to help, you know, with their businesses, salons and stuff like that. So it's like, sometimes we limit ourselves into doing one thing, but it's, it's all like, for me, I look at it as seasonal, right? This season I have this assignment to do and I do it well. The next season in my life, I do, I have another assignment that I'm going to do very well. So it's it's all in my identity, but my identity has lots of facets in it, right? It's like I'm so many things in one person that it's like I cannot put myself in a box and be like, oh, I'm just a coach. Oh, I have been married for over 14 years and I still have some of my clients when I was still a relationship coach. So it's like, I'm not just going to say because I say or I introduce myself as a Christian business coach, now I'm not going to take relationship, you know, 
clients. It's like, it doesn't make sense. And that's one thing in the coaching industry, especially online, that people, you know, push that narrative. Niche down, niche down and be like one thing. You can be all the things. You can be all the things and still enjoy it and do it well. So I think it's like people think, oh, I can do all the things, but maybe not as good as the other one. You can do everything very well if you put your mind into it and if you enjoy it, right? So for me, I enjoy people. And if I'm helping people, for me, that's a win. So yeah. So good. So, so good. I love that. And we are definitely... We definitely are in agreement with the the niching down and that feeling really, really like pressury and restrictive, which is the opposite of why we create our businesses. And I think it's really interesting because the majority of the clients that I work with do have like multiple either revenue streams or they work with them like multiple, like different types of clients. And I think it's really important, like you said, because we are multifaceted, but yeah, thank you so much for sharing. That was really good. Leadership and coaching books. Oh my God, I have so many books. Anybody else want to pop in with some of your favorite books? I have a favorite, 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 favorite. It is, okay, so it's by uh, Grant Cardone. And I don't know if you're all fans or not, but, um, and I did it on audio for a reason because I, I like the kind of direction of leadership where they like, just give it to me. Just tell me the way it is. Don't sugarcoat it. Tell me what I want to, what I need to hear. Not what I want to hear, what I need to hear. And so his book, in a nutshell, uh, my whole life, I've always been, um, we were kind of talking about this, you know, success, and then, you know, you kind of do this. And I've always wanted more. I've always kind of, when I was in corporate, I would work my way up the corporate ladder. And that was always like frowned upon that people, from people who are not like-minded in the sense of, are you ever going to be satisfied? Why do you keep jumping? Why are you five years there? And then you move on. And that was the first book that I read that gave me permission to be me to it's okay that I want to be that way. And I think that way and I want more and it it was just phenomenal, phenomenal book. Yeah. I love it. Caitlin just said some of the ones that I was going to say unbound is really good. Recently read that one. I read a lot of thrillers too, though. There's like a lot of the books that I read are more like energy focused grit by Angela Duckworth is a really good one. There's There's one called, I know how she does it. It's kind of more on like the time management side. That's really good. Oh man. I have so many, so many, so many books, but yeah, just, there's so many out there that I think it's just starting to read them. And then I give myself like a 50 page rule. Like if I'm not into it at 50 pages, then I'm not going to make myself finish it. Ooh, trash man to cash man. I've never heard of that one. Love it. All right, guys. Well, this was so fun. Thank you for being here. You guys will all get email for the next one. I don't have the date in front of me, but let me know um, if you guys have any further questions or whatever. Obviously, I'll talk to you guys on Instagram and elsewhere, but thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing your time with me. And I hope that, uh, that you had a fun time. If you are a CEO or entrepreneur, I want to invite you into a space that's unlike anything out there. CEO Power Hour is a free monthly live experience that you can join in person or virtually to get your questions answered to fulfill the desires for your business. Inside this room, you bring your biggest goal, the obstacles you are experiencing, or anything you want my expertise, eyes, and ears on. 
This guidance, along with the ideas and inspiration from other powerful women, allows you to be fully immersed in the energy of being supported and learn in a completely new way so that you can expand your business and your life to the next level. I created CEO Power Hour to bring together powerful business owners for connection, collaboration, and coaching. This is your invitation, and it's free. The link is in the show notes, so I hope to see you at our next monthly meeting.